Let's pretend it's the end of this whole ugly story. We vanquished the foe and we triumphed in glory. There's nothing but rainbows and blue skies ahead. Hallelujah, amen, it's the end. Welcome to Unset, the podcast that shares real heartfelt letters that were written but never sent. I'm your host, Ari Edwards, and each week I'll be reading unsent letters submitted by listeners just like you. These writings offer a glimpse into the private thoughts and feelings that we all may have, but struggle the process. And they remind us that we're not alone in our struggles. We're all a part of this larger community. If we take a moment to just listen and understand each other's emotions, we can offer empathy and support that brings us closer together. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's letters. This is Unsent. Dear Jay, It has been about two months since we broke up. We were together for about a year and a half. I've been torn up inside ever since. I thought that it would be easier to say goodbye permanently than to try to continue long distance. But it turns out I was wrong. My heart has never hurt this much. Up until the moment I got on the plane back home, I was yours. I bottled up a lot of my emotions up until now, because it was necessary in order to function, although I admit it wasn't very healthy. I texted you yesterday because missing you was unbearable, and it sounded like you were doing super well without me. You said that you'd been the busiest you've ever been. Hearing that hurt a lot, honestly. I hate that I feel angry towards you. I don't want you to be suffering, but it was a bit of a slap in the face to hear that you haven't even thought about our relationship ending. It makes me question if I really meant anything to you at all. I don't know if I believe in soulmates or not, but if they are real, I think you were mine. I've never felt so close to anyone as I was with you. I let myself imagine an unlimited future with you. Part of me still hopes and waits. Why haven't you deleted any of our pictures? I wish I could go back in time and show you more love. I could have expressed how much I adored you more often. I could have spent more time on gifts that I got you. I could have been more emotionally available. I'm sorry I wasn't able to be the partner that you needed. I wish I could change something in order to have you come back. I know that distance is the main reason, but if there was another way to salvage our relationship, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I don't think you feel the same way, though. And that is excruciating. I can't help but wonder if there's someone else in the picture. How else do you avoid thinking about our breakup? How can you forget about me so quickly? When did you start falling out of love? Our time spent together in December and January was one of the happiest times of my life, which makes it even harder that we ended it with no contact. Nights without our video calls have been so lonely and quiet. 
I feel lost without your love to support me. I've struggled my whole life with feeling a sense of home, as you know. But being with you made me feel like I was home. I am grieving our love. I am grieving our friendship. I am grieving the loss of my home. I don't know what the point of this letter is, other than to express how I'm feeling about things. But if you ever stumble across it, I hope you'll reach out. It hurts too much to be apart. I will love you always. E.M. We officially closed on our house. We already had all of our stuff here, boxes and furniture not quite unwrapped. We put our little girl to bed in her crib and then climbed out of the window in the attic to the roof. As the sun set, we sat, your arm around me, looking out at the lake in our backyard. The clouds moved by around us, and I felt like we were flying. We looked at each other, and I got an aching sense of deja vu. The shade of your eyes, like coming home. The view of our backyard changes with the weather, but the water past the beach still moves the same. Even on days where the rains change and the waves ferociously hit the sand at the edge of the surf, releasing something. I look at your face as winter begins to turn into spring, the last of the frost days gripping on for dear life, and I know it's there, before loving you became a habit, a second nature. The face that laughed with me sitting on the viaduct in the middle of the night, both of us having to get to work in a few hours that same morning, sharing a joint in the still warm darkness, feeling like we were on the verge of something. You left this morning with both of our babies, dropping them off at your parents' house before going to work. You had them mostly ready before I even realized, because you wanted to give me a little bit more time to sleep in. And in the quick hug that you gave me before walking out the door, carrying a stuffed animal with a tutu and a crown on its head, I felt a reverberance. It'll be a month or two before we can sit again on the roof, watching the water inside of the clouds. I can see my face reflected back as I look outside into the yard now, snow gently falling, feeling gratitude as I see a wrinkle I didn't notice before for the wear and tear on my body as it journeys through time alongside yours. And I wonder if we've spent lifetimes together connected through karma. Not remembering anything other than the look in each other's eyes that means we've arrived again. Hi there, Ari here. This letter contains ideations of self-harm. Listener discretion is advised. Dear Psalm, It's good to hear from you. It really is. I've not been well. I struggle with the most basic of things. Just writing this doesn't come without personal cost. 
but I make time for you because you're so important. But it's also been a cathartic experience to write this, so please bear with me. My doctors and shrinks, the sort of people with alphabet soup behind their names, tell me I ought to be happy that I've made it this far. Yet, amidst all the various medications with the persistent psychobabble, I feel nothing. And I've been feeling a lot of nothing these days. I've cried many times and had many panic attacks. But mostly, I'm empty. As if whatever makes me feel hurt, laugh, and love has been surgically removed, leaving me hollowed out like a shell. Maybe I'm just tired. The nights I've spent crying myself to sleep showed just how tired I am. A tiredness that had nothing to do with the hour or my recovery. I was tired of running away. Tired of not telling people. Tired of not talking about it. Tired of pretending things were okay when they had never, ever been less okay. The truth is, I spiraled when I never heard from you. For weeks my mind drove headfirst into oblivion, gripped by the tyranny of the unknown, delusional with the intrusive thoughts of harm coming upon you, or worse, circumstances getting the better of you. Life overcoming a person that I care about so much. I didn't know what happened to you, and not knowing was not okay. Sleep deprivation does many things to the mind. Trust me. I've not been sleeping very well until recently. I might still not be sleeping had it not been for the drugs, therapists, and my friends. One of those things is to render the mind absolutely gaga. It stops decrypting the perceptions in our mental world and surrenders willingly to the unguarded moments of life. And for me, that was death. Suicidal ideation, they call it. The darkness, I call it. But all I wanted was to have it stop thinking, to contain its various calculations, to stop conjuring permutations of the same thought, that I am so immaterial to you, or how unworthy I am to you, to stop it thinking of all the unsavory things that could have befallen you, to worry no more. Should I, unfortunately, survive the darkness, I knew I wouldn't come back the same. I would have been branded, sullied somehow, just like that girl in the book a hundred years ago with the letter A emblazoned on her bosom. I was afraid that if I were to show these ugly, unpalatable parts of myself, this weakness would be too much for others. Nobody would love me, and nobody would accept me, and I'd be left alone with only the worst parts of myself for company. I resisted the calls of the darkness, thanks primarily to my friends. I owe my life to my friends. Psalm, I will tell you a secret. We all hit rock bottom sometimes. And sometimes you get up real quick. Sometimes you crawl until you can straighten up. And sometimes you have to lay there for almost an eternity until you, like a phoenix, rise again. Yet our friends form a constant presence. They're there with us through it all, bearing witness, suffering in silence as we gradually lose our agency. After all, our friends are all we have to get us through this life, and they are the only things from this life that we could hope to see in the next. 
If you train your eyes to see the good in others, you will inspire them to see the good in themselves. And that is what friendship is. And that is what my friends did for me. They lifted me up when I had hit rock bottom, taking up my fight when I could not, never ceasing to forget to tell me who I am and how much I'm loved, reminding me that there's good in me, despite all that I've seen, all that I've done, and all that I've failed to do, and good that I can propagate to others. I want you to know that too, Psalm. You're loved. Of this I'm certain. I hope you see the good within yourself. There may not be many people in your orbit, and you may not be loved widely. Still, those who stick around, whether it be the cantankerous Mr. Cotton, Dixie, or the Pools, love you deeply, fiercely, and assiduously with a very marrow inside their bones with every fiber of their being. When you stop for a moment to feel that, you'll feel a singular sensation of being held so gently, and yet so fiercely, to be stared down at with so much love. And once that truth is revealed to you, that you're loved and valued, it becomes impossible to live in a way that contradicts it. And like any person so vehemently loved, who's been blessed with love, you must muster the strength to treat their heart with gentle kindness, as if you're holding a newborn baby's head. They're doing the same with your heart. Believe me, Psalm, they're doing the same for you. And this is a different sort of strength, too. The best kind. It's a strength that confronts the scathing brutality of life and chooses over and over to be tender, kind, and loving. It'll serve you well to remember this. Importantly, you'll never lose. We are all the pieces of what we remember. We hold within ourselves the hopes, fears, and prayers of those who love us. There is no actual loss as long as there is love and memory. The world can take everything from you, spit on your face, and leave you languishing in the frigid cold. But you can't lose, Psalm. You can't lose what's most important to you. No one can take that love away from you. Love is a complicated emotion, but an enriching one. More overpowering than all the other emotions on our palate. Sadness and depression and envy are all temperamental and temporary. Exhausting. They make demands. They use you. They have fickle minds. But love? Well, she is something you can use. Sculpt. Wield. She can be whatever you want her to be. Hard or soft. However you need her. Sadness and depression and envy. They'll humiliate you. But love will cradle you. Of course, it can't be denied that there will always be challenges that await you in life. They may even be present on your doorstep. There will be dark days, really dark ones, maybe even more than brighter ones. Your resolve might waver. You may do things you may regret later. While these challenges appear to be malevolent at first, they're not. 
These challenges are not there to exploit our weaknesses or vulnerability, but they're there to help us discover our inner strengths. And they make us rise to levels of confidence, strength, and resolve that we otherwise didn't think that we possessed. We can only know how strong we are when we strive and thrive beyond the challenges that we face. And yes, maybe I say this from a place of privilege, and I may not be as tested as you are, but it doesn't make it any less accurate. You will persevere, and you will overcome. But it won't be easy. You might even find yourself overwhelmed. Your thinking may be paralyzed, your mood despairing, and hopelessness begins to pollute into your entire psyche. You may not even be able to separate the future from the present, and the present is so painful beyond words. All of this is because everything wrong is happening all at once, and you'll think of Jim. You'll think of that tree more often than you'd care to admit. You'll think that hitting smack into his wooden frame can offer you salvation. This fantasy may even be soothing to you, a source of comfort because it involves imagining how death would be a relief from the brutality of life. It gives you a sense of control. The only thing is, it doesn't. You think you're ending the pain, but all that's being done is passing it on to those left behind. To say that I've missed you doesn't justify what I'm feeling. Metaphorically speaking, you left me without a soul. I can barely remember the days since we last talked. The thought of you resurrects me back into a world of living. So, missing you doesn't begin to cover it. It's disconcerting to come to terms with the nakedness of vulnerability. As humans, we deny more than we confess. We hide more than we reveal. So it's easier to say nothing than to admit that you feel something and then act on it. But if we don't act, we sometimes miss out or hurt others or start to regret it. All these half-tones in our consciousness create within us as a painful landscape, an eternal sunset of what we are. My hope is you can meet me here, where I am. I'm acting on what I feel being vulnerable, naked, exposing myself to the risks of harm. I hope you can meet me where I am, so I don't stand alone. My heart and my mind still search for you on every street, in every crowd, on every face. I see your creativity and inspiration in the smiles of my friends, your vulnerability in my son's eyes and your unshed tears and your not-yet-dreams-on-abstract-and-forlorn paintings that adorn my home. They imagine you in places they've never been, navigating the catacombs of France or sunbathing at the Grand Isle Beach in Louisiana. Here, you're happy. Here, you're free. Here, I see a soul so plagued with love who can empathize all layers of the human existence. I see you. I see you everywhere. And I will continue to search for you on my horizon for the rest of my days, hoping against hope that I may find you again. I'll never be sure if I'll ever be your love or the lover I hope to be. However, somewhere in this vast expanse, there will be a love who will never deign to describe you as too emotional or too much. 
who whispers to you in the way you write, in poetry, dried baby's breath, and amber sky, who runs outside on stormy nights to howl at the moon, who collects Grigri dolls and recites incantation after incantation and all that New Orleans voodoo. And that love, when he finds you, will see and know you, just as you are and should be. Psalm, my love calls only this, that no matter what happens or how long it takes, you'll have faith in yourself. You'll have faith in me, and you'll remember who you are and the love that others have given you. And you'll never feel despair. You'll never be alone. I've previously felt that if I loved so fiercely and truly, I would be rewarded in the end. But now, I feel I'm being forced to accept the cold reality. Good night. Sleep well. There's always tomorrow. I will never ask you for much. But when you give it to me, it'll feel like the world. What I want is so simplistic, but feels so complicated and elusive even though my heart has grown scar tissue upon its scar tissue. A little piece still bleeds for this. You don't have to take me on exotic vacations. I want a road trip with no agenda and no destination. I want to stop at that old bookstore with a bright red door. I want to sip a coffee with you in that little shop that has no Wi-Fi. I want to take a back road where the trees look magical and spooky while the radio plays all the good songs. I want to know there's nowhere else you're longing to be. No one else you're longing for. I want to go for an ice cream when the sun is close to setting and feel your hand on the small of my back while we wait in line. I want to see and feel the last golden threads of sunshine and the warm summer breeze in my hair. I want extra sprinkles. I want to feel pure freedom to eat every bite and be told, in fact, you better. You don't have to give me all of your free time. I only need that unexpected text. You know, the one that comes in the middle of your busyness. That, I can't wait until we're together again, message. The one that reminds me that I'm important and thought of, even when you have a hundred of other thoughts to think. I don't have to know where you are at every moment or with whom. I only want to know without a doubt that when you're holding me, you are truly there. I want to trace the veins in your hands like a map of all the places you've been before that led you to me. I want us both to feel at home. I want you to tell me about your day, your first heartbreak, your biggest fear, and your greatest regret. I want to fall asleep on your chest while we watch some old movies with a predictable ending. Feel your lips brush my sleepy eyelids when it's time to turn it off and go to bed. I want to smell soup simmering on the stove and someone's bonfire in the distance while we play Scrabble at the dining room table. I want to never wonder where my place is. I want my bones to know it with absolute certainty. I want room to breathe but I want to take my deepest breaths when we're together. 
Whether we're looking out at the ocean or out from a porch swing, you don't have to buy me flowers, even though I love them. I'd be happier if you just took me for a walk where they grow. You don't have to write me a long letter or poetry to show your love. I'd rather just read it all over your face every time you look at me. I choose to believe you're out there somewhere, and growing bored of the shallow version of love we've been duped into believing is authentic. I choose to believe you're out there somewhere, a rare vintage soul like me, and that each day brings us one day closer to finding one another. I really should have said all this to you five years ago, but I didn't fully understand things until much later. The funny thing about later is, it doesn't really exist, or at least not as some magical end game where I'm suddenly back to being who I was before, and everything's peachy. Turns out that our later was what I destroyed by spending half of our relationship both avoiding the past and ignoring the present. That whole time I was stuck in my head putting off becoming the person I thought you wanted and deserved. You were busy loving me for exactly who I was. The good bits and the bad. Until you just couldn't anymore. You believed in me. In us. Because you realized our later was worth my present. Later wasn't hard for you. Until, of course, it was because I made it so. I can only just handle life. I'll deal with the big issues later. I'll deal with what happened to me later. I'll become a full and worthwhile person later. I'll try to be the girl I think you want. I'll work out who I actually am later. I'll learn how to love properly later. I'll work out how to be a better partner later. I'll stop relying on you. Later. It wasn't until much, much later that I realized how far from okay I was, and how much everything hurt. I know for a fact, you are the reason I'm now capable of being honest with myself about how I feel. You were my tipping point. The one who set me on a path to a better later. A path that was finally for no one else's benefit but my own. When we began, you made me feel like I could suddenly breathe, and I wish I realized that fact never had to change. All I had to do to be happy with you, with us, was to slow down, stop hyperventilating, and take a damn breath. I wish I'd realized that I was the problem. I'm sorry for letting my pain destroy us. I'm sorry if I broke your heart. Every now and then, I still look you up. You're so happy with her. And from here, it seems like she's perfect for you. I really hope she is. Right after we ended, I thought knew you had changed on the inside, and I was worried that you were losing yourself. Now I look back and realize... I was just scared that anxious me had been right all along, and you were far happier without me. Plus, I was terrified at the thought of having to change myself. I failed miserably at being your friend afterwards. 
and I really wish I could be friends with present you. You seem like a pretty great human from a distance. So does she. But the last conversation we had before we stopped being friends remains with me. I thoroughly respect the fact that you put your relationship first, and to be honest, I don't think I'd be who I am now if we'd stayed friends. Who am I now? I guess present me is just past me with less mayhem, and hopefully a bit more wisdom. Once I finally stopped fighting with myself, I accidentally started to feel stuff. And suddenly, seemingly out of nowhere, but it was way past due, my old friend Later was here. This time, Later was refusing to wait until Later, and it quickly became clear that I had done a pretty half-assed job of fixing the damaged bits of myself. It was like, instead of sitting down and sewing a pair of pants back up, I just stuck the hems up with pins and blamed the pins when they prickled my ankles or fell out and the hems came down again. So I had to fully come apart before I could put myself back together. It took hard work, but now you can barely see the stitches, and I don't rely on pins anymore. Because of you, I think about life differently. I don't take anything or anyone for granted the way I did with you. I don't avoid getting to know people too well, or pull away because I'm not worth getting close to. I don't project my own self-criticism onto others and push them away. I don't have nightmares anymore. I don't drink too much anymore. I don't get stuck in sadness. I don't need to self-destruct anymore. I don't rely on pins to hold up my goddamn hems because I finally stitched those suckers up properly. Now I'm kinder to myself. I feel stuff and enjoy things. I get excited about stuff again. I laugh. I got back into sport, and now I even run. For actual fun. Not just because I want to punish myself. I clean my whole house on Saturday mornings, just like you used to. And I'm sorry for the times I acted like you were unreasonable and anal. You were right. Blitzing the place in two hours is way better than doing a bit at a time and procrastinating. I read the paper in the sunshine, just like we used to. I take the dog to the beach. I make friends. I talk about what happened to me and how I feel when I need to. If I feel like my hem is coming undone, I stitch it right back up instead of leaving it for later. Basically, because of you... I was eventually able to go back to being me from before. Because of you, I'm not scared of, nor reliant on later anymore. I still laugh at farts. I still talk to Murph in a Rick James voice. I still need to have my stereo volume divisible by five. I still think Ypsilong is a rad name for a band. I'm still clumsy as heck, but I haven't actually lost any limbs to a cheese knife yet. I still do the snort laugh, followed by the silent laugh. I still miss you sometimes. It's too late for me to actually tell you this, because it's too late for us. And saying all this to you now, well, would just be selfish at this point. Especially considering all the times I tried to explain how I felt and failed, because I didn't really get it. If you do somehow ever hear this, please know 
that I'm so sorry. Know that you deserve all the happiness and nice things. Know that you probably saved my life. That I wish I'd realized all of this before it was too late. Most of all, from the bottom of my thought-out heart and mended soul. Thank you for everything. Be well. Love always. Bubby. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsent. I hope these letters and stories have provided a sense of connection and understanding. If you have an unsent letter or a message of your own that you'd like to share with the show, please send it to unsentpod at gmail.com. Your story may just be the one that helps someone else. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. This is Unsent. I'm sure we'll all live happily ever after Surrounded by butterflies, children, and laughter It's a fairy tale story, so let's just pretend Hallelujah, amen, it's the end Happily ever after